The following is a paid commercial program, and the views expressed are those of the speaker and do not reflect the views or opinions of iHeartRadio, its staff, or management. Welcome to Issues That Matter, a weekly program featuring interesting topics and fascinating guests. Each week, Issues That Matter tackles the concerns of people across all spectrums. And now with this week's edition of Issues That Matter, here are your hosts, Edward King and Kristen Hurley. Yeah, Mark, thank you very much. And uh, welcome back to those that are coming back for us on hour number two. You know, in our first hour, our guest was Kimberly Fletcher, and she will be speaking tomorrow, July 9th on Sunday, 5 in the afternoon, at a community forum at the Marina Library, which is located at 190 Seaside Circle in Marina. It's actually a pretty nice location and uh, plenty of parking, so it's a free event. So you can, and there is drinks and food, and I suggest that you really catch her in person because you'll be able to ask her questions. Also on Monday Moms for America is what Peter uh, Edward's referring to. Yes. She's the founder and president and you name it. And those that listened in our first hour know all about her. And then you had mentioned that uh, Monday night she was going to be somewhere. She's here still on the peninsula. Yeah, on Monday night. So Where? It's, I actually don't know where. I, I think it's, it's the, at the Bayonet. Yeah, Bayonet and Probably Horse. 6 o'clock. Yeah. And it's uh, the Patriots group and um, Delayla is running that. And whoever yeah, else Yeah, I don't know is, if there's a good contact. Anyway, she's, Catch Her Sunday is probably your best bet at Marina Library. In the, right. Yeah, she's full of, and as I pointed out to Edward, eight children later, you have to be darn on top of things. She really is um, full of good info and inspiration. She's been doing this since 2004, which is a a lot longer than the rest of us kind of finally woke up to things in the last couple of years. But Moms for America has been around for two decades. Right. So and they're well-established. It's got 500,000 members. And I forgot to ask her, I wanted to ask her about any local chapters that they might have in the area. But as I had mentioned in the first hour, if you go on their Moms for America no blanks, no spaces.us. You can uh, sign up for their newsletter, get involved, and participation is key. But there's also another event coming up that I want to feature. Uh, there is a new organization called California Arts and Science Institute, or CASI, C-A-S-I, and it's um, has been developed. It's uh, a like a speakers group, and it's uh filled with experts, very interesting people. They have an upcoming event Friday, July 28th at 6 p.m. It's going to be at the Sandbox in Sand City, actually. Now, this event, I don't know what you'd want to call it. They they do jazz. They do classical music. They have um, also community events. It's a very nice um, gathering and plenty of parking. And again, it's July 28th. And what the panel discussion is about is on AI and the implications of generative AI on our lives. And they are putting together a panel of experts. And the reason, I see here you're the moderator. And Edward I'm King. the moderator. So yes. that's reason to show up enough yep. for well, everyone out there. Uh, 
voted no, best uh, TV or radio personality and uh, the yeah that's in what the, the big uh, trophy Monterey is for Herald over there. Area, yes but uh celebrity so it really is a, a wonderful place to go but here's my point the reason why I'm bringing it up is not just because I'm the moderator even though that's certainly mm -hmm. a value right there but the real reason is I've been doing a lot of research over the last number of months and for some time, but especially now, and I do use ChatGPT and many of the other tools to manipulate things and voices and pictures and, you know, text and Are you everything part of the else. problem? I am the Ever? problem. I am the problem. <laughs> You're not helping anything. <laughs> no, I'm not helping anything. Um, but so the reason why I'm bringing this up is this is going to impact your life. I don't care how non-technical you are. Um, AI and the generative AI is going to be overwhelming us as a society and we are not prepared and it's way ahead of us. And so this has got a group of experts in different areas of AI. So it's going to be very informative. And for many of us, it'll be like our first opportunity to get educated about this so that we're not listening to it from the mainstream media who is placating it and playing it down like it's no big deal because it's it, it's going to be a big deal. And if you think the last election was a terrible result, just wait until generative AI takes over our lives. I think the AI is writing the news. I think the AI is half the garbage you see on TV that passes for entertainment. <clears throat> Anyways. Yeah. So uh, let's let's move forward. Now, I want to bring our guest into this because um, our guest who ran for Congress and ran against the evil empire and uh, did really well, but we are wanting to do better at this next election and it's 2024. We talked a little bit about the 2024 election with Kimberly. So um, Kristen, why don't you introduce our guest since you know I was going to say I might be the proper one to properly introduce yeah. Peter Hernandez. Uh, and, I, you know, you've been here before with Edward a couple times, Peter. Yeah. So Peter Hernandez um, out of Hollister, California, San Benito County. Um, he held office in San Benito County um, as county supervisor for four years. And then before that school board, he's a small business owner, et cetera, et cetera. And in 2022, ran for the congressional seat, District 18, mm -hmm. which is a gigantic swath of the central coast here, a little bit inland, the entire Salinas Valley, all of San Benito County, up into uh, East San Jose. Right, in Watsonville. And, and Watsonville mm -hmm. in Santa Cruz County. So a big district, um, one heck of a grassroots effort, if I do say so myself, who happened to be involved with the campaign. So don't, I know everything that went on. Don't break your arm patting yourself on your back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. We're, we got to let Peter jump in here. So Peter's back. Peter. Peter never went anywhere, but Peter, Peter's back and better than ever. Um, and looking forward, which is what something we should all be doing: game planning. And um, so we're going to be ballot harvesting. For Peter. <laughs> exactly. I know. What did we learn last time around? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyways, Peter, Welcome. say hi to the local audience. Thank you, uh, Edward and, and Kristen, for having me back. So. Yeah, we, we've had a little bit of a break in between. Uh, Catch your breath. You know, 2022 and, and uh, you know, now, you know, basically the start of uh, the campaign. But mm -hmm. uh, to officially announce that I'm rerunning for Congress, you know, it's yep. it's uh, it's now a new uh, opportunity, I believe, to, to uh, 
gain off of the traction that we already built with the 2022 campaign. Mm-hmm. You know, as most people know, um, you know, when you have when you run a gas r- grassroots campaign, you're you're uh, working against kind of the the um, establishment mindset that makes it very easy to uh, you know to to coalesce a lot of money uh, support around individuals that you know that that are in these supposed uh, winnable districts, right? And uh, that the bottom line is 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 you can't have momentum if you don't really target. Uh, the districts around those winnable districts. You know, a good example is mine. It's right next to John Duarte's district, CD13. He barely won by, I believe, 652 votes. Wow. Very, very uh, minimal difference. So, you know, I would imagine it's less than 1% difference. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and now you're looking at my district, which I think pretty uniquely is, uh, it's connected to, like Kristen said, South San Jose. And for those that don't know, me, me, living out basically as a county supervisor, that population shifts south ultimately impacts our community, right? Because there's there's the um, you know, now you have an urban sentiment entering in a rural area rural area. People can't afford to live up there. They gravitate towards Hollister and yeah. Morgan Hill Gilroy Correct. moving south. And, well, and as Peter's saying, they're moving out into districts like John Duarte. They're going right. east a little bit. So if you connect the dots, like Kristen was mentioning, you're now seeing a big shift in the voter base into our community, which, uh, yeah, it, it really does change the dynamic of now what representation looks like. You know, Congressional District 18, the district that I ran in against Olofkin, it was the first first basically race for both of us. There was no incumbent officially in 2022, uh, which I think makes it pretty unique because although people knew me in San Benito County, right, serving as a county supervisor, yeah. they didn't know her in San Benito County. Uh, they they didn't know her in Monterey County or in Santa Cruz County, and uh, even though she won, there still was slow, sure enough building of momentum. Now with the amount of traction that we gained, the name recognition, um, now there's a bigger opportunity, I believe, to start to really focus on and ultimately learn from the the, the things that we could have done and, and didn't have the time to do it right in the five five month campaign. I call it yeah because I really didn't have a strong machine till then. Whirlwind yeah. It was mm-hmm. it was a very short campaign, but and, and we had you on the air a couple of times during that campaign, yeah. and we were very happy to participate in that. And so I'm going to ask some basic questions here because as I look at the map, which I did again today, and you cover that map, District 18 covers such a wide area. Yeah, and this Zoe Lofgren, whatever her name is, she no is a communist leftist. <clears throat> political machine from Silicon Valley. She's Nancy Pelosi she, in a in a blonde wig, I think. Yeah, and she's you know been in her seat for 23 years or something like that. I don't remember exactly. Uh, it, it was, More than that. Uh roughly 20 years I believe, but um she served as a county supervisor also prior to that. So, you know, so so she comes with you know, in my opinion, a lot of baggage and the type of baggage that she carries, the the leftist extremes love it up there in Silicon Valley. I Correct. mean, they're the ones, the Facebooks of the world. The problem is that is not representative of the people of the Salinas Valley. Correct. The people of Watsonville, not by any stretch of the imagination, or the people in San Benito County. So you have the Hollisters of the world. You have the San Juan Batista, which used to have a great bakery back in the 70s. I've been there a couple of times. Because I used to work in Hollister a mm. long, long, long time ago. 
before Kristen was centuries uh, back. Pretty Edward. much, yeah. You know, we traveled by horseback and you know did that kind of stuff. And the iron when horse, men were men, and the iron horse was new. Um, <laughs> the cotton gin. <laughs> no, we didn't have cotton gins. We we had. Okay. <laughs> anyway, sorry, so focus. here's here's my question because Kristen is very much in off the rails today. Let's hear it. Okay. So if I was to look at the demographics. What is the balance in that? Because I tried to get you on the last election, and I know you did, but you know, when I think of King City and King and Watsonville and the vast majority, 61% of Salinas Valley, they're all Hispanics. Correct. And if we had 100% of our Hispanic population get out and vote, this would be a, a 90 10 because the population that is in the South San Jose doesn't equate to the population numbers of San Benito's, Monterey County, and the portion of Santa Cruz County that you represent. Correct. So so say yourself, well, what are we going to do? So it's it's uh, getting the Latino vote to turn out. I mean, obviously, the, the goal is to represent everybody. Yes. But, uh, but if we're talking representation, as the Constitution declares it, that we there, by default, there needs to be an engagement from that community for them to know who, who uh, the they're voting for, right? Who... These people are that are running yeah. to to uh, to take this seat, and I mean, just looking at my background, you know, small business owner, born and raised in a rural community. Mm -hmm. You know, my mom worked the fields thirty years. My dad was a butcher. I'm first generation Mexican American in this country. Um, that means that there's there is a stronger sentiment, and that's why my signage says I am Congressional District 18. That uh, I am the guy that's going to look to represent. And one thing that isn't talked about well enough. I think is that there's such a top-down system. There's basically this deterioration of local control. A lot mm -hmm. of the people that, you know, basically scratch their heads trying to understand these issues, they're they're uh, they're all they know is they have less uh, power, right? Whether it's buying power with their dollar, or uh, or you know, rights with their child, or you know, or anything having to do with with uh, their issues locally, right? They they reach out to their local uh, electeds and. A lot of the times they say, well, only if the state says, only if the state says, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever the state laws say, we have to we have to honor it. People don't realize that there's laws on the books that have literally their intention is to remove local control. There's there's one that's happening with the elections because Shasta County uh, eliminated the machines. Uh, they're now pushing another bill, basically saying we don't want any other county to do this. For Sacramento, um, they want to smack the. Shasta people on the wrist and say nobody else is going to get to do this yep. in California. Same thing with planning laws. There, you name it. There's laws that are deteriorating the individual. Right. If anything, I know about my Latino population, and I would argue most people that that have that that you know that right of representation mindset. Look, you know the local yeah. control is the Bill of Rights means a lot to them. They mean they care about the individual rights. Right. The right to uh, you know life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, as mm -hmm. the Declaration mentions. So. That is the thing that no longer is trying to exist. And one of the bills that Zoe was a sponsor of at the federal level um, had to do with basically elections. You know, it had to do with the controversy of Mike Pence holding on to the electoral ballots, yeah. um, the votes. Basically, um, long and short, that bill was intentional to take away states' rights when it comes to the elections. Very contrary to the Constitution. I just mentioned that to show that there is a sentiment that no matter what people think that they like about Zoe. She is looking to take away your individual rights. She is looking to centralize government. And we're seeing centralization. You mentioned AI as an example. 
Um, centralization is becoming very destructive because mm-hmm. no longer there's accountability. You cannot talk to your local person to address an issue because they're powerless. They're pretty much telling you they have their hands tied behind their back. Yeah. Now, one of the things that I also want to say for our listening audience is that even though I started out by focusing on the Latino vote, because to me, it seems like that they would easily get on board to support you. But here's the reason why the white vote needs to support you. And I'm just going to be bold about this. You as well as the Latino culture, and I'm immersed in it, and I have been since the early 60s when I grew up in a farming community out in the cotton fields and vineyards and orange groves, are very family-oriented. The reason why the Hispanic culture is here is because they believe in America. They're not here for welfare. And the white people that are in my audience right now, you have to recognize that This is not a shift away from your belief system. This is a shift to your belief system. Because if you watch the White House, and we were talking about in the first area, you know, they have nude men with breasts dancing around. And this Zoe person, if you look at her voting record, she is anti-American as any of the other communists that are out there in Washington, D.C. And what we need to do is we need to save America. This last hour that we had with Kimberly Fletcher was moms need to get out and make that change to save America and redeem us. And this is part of it. We have a whole Hispanic culture that wants to and is participating in bringing America back to its roots and what America believes in, family, Family freedom, liberty. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, every Hispanic person I've ever known in my 68 years, they just wanted a job. They just wanted to be able to have their family and they wanted to be able to have a home to go to and they wanted to have the liberty but the safety. And we're losing liberty, we're losing freedom, we're losing safety, and the economy has gone all the way to pot. And that's why we have to send people, Peter, to Washington, D.C., in the comps to represent America's values across culture, across culture, because we're all standing with you. And that's the reason why you're on my show today. That's right. We need need to vote for you. Well, and it's funny because... People would assume that a conservative or Republican would would uh, be anti-diversity. It's actually the opposite. We're very mm-hmm. much pro-diversity. There's mm-hmm. unity in diversity. Mm-hmm. But what is happening today is this this uh, ultimately this this diffusion of of the original Moors of what made us great as a nation and creating this this very abstract lack to. It's hard to understand uh, definitions as it applies to people's rights as yeah. it applies to you know now you can't name someone's gender now there's bills that if you're a parent and you question someone's you know your child's gender you might get your child removed from you right in a custody battle right that's ab 957 Mm -hmm. so it's very destructive that we you know ultimately centralization is going to by default require uh, you know absorption of power right it's communism right it's like a cancer that just it, it consumes but the opposite effect would, by default, require a, a decentralization, a restoration of the individual rights. And the Latino community is perfect for that because they're going to find themselves saying, look, if I have opportunity and I know what that looks like versus money, I will take the opportunity all day long because I'll create my own opportunity. And not only will I build op- opportunity myself, but I'll build opportunity for other people. We have an entrepreneurial spirit. That's who we are. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I've said it on the dice kind of jokingly, but we're the ones selling fruit on the street corner. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, it's funny because 
the assumption of, of, you know, the opposite, you know, my opponent would be is, hey, we want to give you an opportunity, right, as Latinos, but they don't come up with the process. They haven't even solved immigration, right? I'm willing to tackle the issue of immigration. I really believe that there should be an attachment to your property, to, to the right of property, along with your right of citizenship, right? That's being stripped from us. Now you can technically lose your home uh, if you paid it off and don't pay, pay your property taxes, right? So there's just a dangerous element where we need to put uh, ultimately government in check. That's not going to happen through the current system, through the current, my, my opponent, basically. Right. And what we need is we need representatives in Washington, D.C., that are approachable, reachable, and listen to the needs of the individuals and don't just slough us off. That's right. I mean, you know, when you look at the the Democrat power, they don't care about what people's needs are. That's right. You know, they come out with a statement of Biden economics. I mean, and they are praising nice it. Nice try. And, quantitative easing and yeah the the inflation creator yeah and then the word salad that's coming out of that person that pretends to be the vice president um we're they're the democrat party is governed and run by pure idiots and what they use to make up for it is they use or the fbi the department of justice the irs as weapons of war against the people in America. And the reason why they're trying to take everybody's guns away, we're too busy giving the guns to Department of Education and, and the IRS. And, and well the IRS and and every other, you know, crazy federal organization because they know that the American public is going to eventually wake up. That's right. And many of us are awoke. And not awoke like the woke wants up. to be. Well, we're woken, awake, and alive and thinking. And we need to get out there and do stuff. So, how can people support your election efforts? So, um, it's a big district. If you know the four counties Santa Cruz, San Benito, Monterey, and uh, um, Santa Clara, if you know a family or friends that live in those regions, if they like what they hear coming from me, I would appreciate if they would introduce me to these to these potential supporters. Mm-hmm. And my goal, uh, and, and it's probably going to be bigger than this, but at least to start, I want to hit 100 homes throughout the district where we have uh, basically living room town halls. I want to be meet able to... Meet and greets. Yeah, meet mm-hmm. and greets. I sit in your living room. You introduce me to 20 of your neighbors. I, they ask me the tough questions. Let's have the conversation. I want to engage you. I'm very passionate about educating you. If you don't know, right? Yeah. Not that, not that to say that I'm the smartest guy in the room, but I've seen it as a county supervisor with the lockdowns and the mandates, the, the complete constitutional overreach that people don't realize is happening. The greatest way to restore our nation is to empower the individual. It's the most profound thing I think about my race is that I have less faith in myself than I do in the people. The people are the ones that empower me. They give mm-hmm. me the strength because they're the ones that inform my discretion. I've always used the analogy as a small business owner, you learn to listen to your customer, right? Even when they don't say anything, they tell you a lot whether they spend money in your shop or not. My point is, is when you think about policy, it should reflect the needs and ultimately the interests of the people. Sometimes that doesn't come through money like the Democrat Party thinks. Sometimes it's just opening up regulatory processes, simplifying the rules and ultimately uh, engaging the, the voter to understand these the issues and ultimately how their rights are applied. Mm-hmm. All that to be said is, is I want to empower the people. That is my ultimate goal. I empower them. They restore our communities. Then I will be the one praising them for the restoration of my community because it won't happen through my hands. It'll happen through the people themselves. So what's your website? 
Peter, oh, I'm sorry, Hernandez for Congress.com. Uh, Hernandez for Congress.com. If they can reach me, if they want to reach out to me at Peter at Hernandez for Congress.com or my lovely uh, campaign manager, Kristen at Hernandez for Congress.com. Also, what? what you're the full disclosure. Oh, we should have brought that up to me earlier. <laughs> no, this no, is, no, no, I, no, no. I've been hoodwinked here. Oh, baloney. <laughs> okay. But yeah, what no. Peter's talking about, right. if I may say so myself. We heard, if we heard it once, we heard it a million times. They mm -hmm. tell us we're Democrats before we even come over the border. And Peter and I and, the, you know, other volunteers and the, you know, the movement that we had in the campaign last time around, absolutely every single, well, I can't say every single person, but a vast majority of actual people on the street that Peter spoke to connected and resonated with the, the themes that Peter speaks of mm -hmm. and his convictions and his political philosophy and whatnot. There's this crazy, this is why our minds are blown. And this happens everywhere. There's a complete disconnect between how the we the people feel and what those what those election numbers turn out to be, those percentages and the votes, quote unquote, that are cast. Uh, it's you can't wrap your right mind around it because what you see on the streets with normal Americans and their families and the what they think and what the election results turn out to be, um, it's a big mystery. Okay, what so happens in, in between? To, to paint that picture a little clearer, when Donald Trump was having his rallies, there'd be 100,000 people there. And when Biden had his rallies, there was 10 people there. In their cars. And th no, they were separated on those little round dots. Yeah, but they had and like the, the, the drive-up rallies too, or you had to stay in your car. But you had to have an electric car of covid okay but but let me get back <laughs> no, to you. so seriously. what peter's talking about and this is this is a fantastic way to approach this next go around is in people's living rooms and let the people in the district do the talking and do the do the work for you right peter wants to be in every precinct in every neighborhood mm -hmm. how does that happen supporters say yeah i'll i'll contribute by hosting my neighborhood get together to right. come meet peter mm -hmm. um and it's a really you know, wonderful way to get, because you can't talk to everyone, that would be nice. Um, but I think chipping away at putting Peter in front of these targeted neighborhoods and areas, um, so they don't need jerk when either they don't vote, right? Which is a major problem, voter turnout was horrific. Right. Mm -hmm. We'll probably still be not fantastic numbers this time around. Um, and then they, you know, they need jerk to what they've been told to vote for. The difference of that is, meeting Peter face to face and feeling like, like, and this is going to resonate. I'm going to say this every time we're on the air. <laughs> so get ready, right? Stop being patriotic and become a patriot. Mm -hmm. And that's that kind of a difference. Mm -hmm. Get involved. As Kimberly Fletcher said last hour, sorry to clarify that. That was Kimberly Fletcher, not me, but stop being patriotic and become a patriot. Yeah. Which is action. Yes. You know, patriotic as you sitting at home in your yeah, couch yeah, saying, yeah, I feel good about that. The July. Now, I want to get back to the vote thing. <clears throat> so you got about 35% of the vote the last time. Correct. And yet, I would assume 80% of the people had never heard of Zoe Lofgren before because of the district being redesigned, re remapped or whatever they call it. So objectively, of course. So I wonder who actually did the voting. I mean, we all know that they, I, I can remember uh, in the last election, 2022, I voted 
And then I followed up with the election department and they had no record of my vote. And I voted in person at the actual voting place. And I wasn't surprised because even though I, as everybody in the audience knows, I'm registered one way, but I vote with my brain and in my heart, as opposed to being told by the unions how to vote. And I don't know how we can combat against this. Now, I posed the same question with Kimberly Fletcher in the first hour, and she simply said, we need to vote. But one thing that she pointed out that I hadn't actually thought about is that she said that if your state, because it's a multi-state conversation that we had, votes by mail-in ballot, that you too should also vote by mail-in ballot, since that's the mechanism that you have the most likelihood of it actually working. I had talked to, after the last two elections, some people that are actively involved in the, the they're observers at the elections. I mean, legal ones, not makeup ones. And they simply said that vote, the elections would be called before, over in Monterey County, before the votes actually went from the, the voting places to the county office. And it was like the the offices, the voting places weren't even closed. They hadn't gathered the ballots. And yet the election was already counted as one, including your election. Yeah, in this I, believe, last one. I believe ours, um, it was, it was, yeah. I mean, it, I want to say it was like a good month before we had the final tally um, right. from uh, Monterey County, uh, San Benito there was a few counties that were like way at the end. They finally dropped the final votes mm-hmm. and that's all under the guys that they supposedly didn't have the resources or whatever, but you know, they no used one's to, paying attention. By it's, that it's, point. It's, yeah. It's they just used ridiculous. to be able to actually count all the votes by midnight in past years. And this was before we had the technology yep. and they had no problem doing it. Well, it, it just, it's such a contradiction that we used to have a vote day And now with all the technology, which is under the assumption of efficiency, is worse, right? It's 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 less uh, efficient, and it's there's less transparency, right? And insecure, Mm -hmm. you know. And and it's funny because all these new laws they they write is supposedly to increase turnout. All they've done with every law is decrease turnout because it's to the reality that I've known when I was a county supervisor. I've said that. There's uh, basically there's two D's in an R: de- defer, deflect, and redefine. If they can't defer it, basically, uh, you know, push it forward to a different mm-hmm. day. They either uh, deflect, that means they change the ch- subject, or they redefine. And that's what they're doing with these elections: they're redefining the 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 you know the mechanisms on how to make this these vote processes happen. And all they end up doing is actually making it more complicated. Well, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors. You're listening to Business Sense Radio, Issues That Matter with Edward King and Kristen Hurley. And we will be right back. Freedom Fest 2023 is coming to the home of the blues and birthplace of rock and roll, Memphis, Tennessee, July 12th through 15th. The ultimate summit for liberty and financial freedom hosted by Fox Business, Lisa Kennedy. Attend our global financial summit. Four days of investment advice, dozens of financial experts. Use promo code BIZ50 and save 50 bucks off. That's B-I-Z-5-0. Reserve your spot at FreedomFest.com. 
See you in Memphis. Business owners, do you want to build a successful business? Invest in your most valuable asset, your staff. Alliance Career Training Solutions solve your staff training needs. Employees need to be successful for you to be successful. At Alliance Career Training, we provide professional, hands-on training classes, including Excel, Word, business writing, Outlook, and sexual harassment as required by law. Ask about our custom classes for your team. Call 755-8200 or visit us at alliancetrains.com. All right, we're back. Thank you very much. We're with our special guest today, running for Congress in District 18 in California, Peter Hernandez. And Peter has been sharing some of his trials and tribulations in the last election, which he really, I believe, had more of a popular vote, but didn't you know, get through the electoral process and who's in control of the counting the votes. But this time we're going to, we're actually going to win, but we're, we're going to win by getting out more people to vote. And we had just talked about voting by mail is good. We also need to talk about ballot harvesting. Right. Uh, what's going on in Monterey, Santa Cruz, San Benito County for ballot harvesting? I understood a couple of weeks ago that there was some people that came in and trained conservatives. There was a Sunday afternoon uh, training process to help the conservatives, the Republicans understand how to do ballot harvesting. Now, the Democrats have, have taken over that for some time. It was... Um, Who was it that, that did it? With? Learning instead of Leadership Institute. Somebody, oh, okay. Somebody like that um, had an event. I think I heard about it, but... Mm-hmm. Um, so before I, you know, really quick before I yes. mention is just to to add a, another little nugget of why this thing just went sideways is you, I'm pretty sure you recall, Ed, what happened in Maricopa County, Carrie Lake's race, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. R- race for governor. So Maricopa County, they had basically this orange box, I believe, um, where the tabulators shut down, right? And when the tabulator shut down, they couldn't tabulate, obviously, the votes. Mm-hmm. So they said, hey, don't worry about it. We'll take the ballot from you. We'll put it in this orange box. Uh, and sure enough, she ends up losing, right? Which was just, everybody was blown away. While the very same thing that happened in Maricopa County happened in Santa Clara County, in San Martin, the most rural portion of the district. Yes. The tabulator shut down. The only difference to Maricopa is in San Martin of Santa Clara County is they had the orange bag like you put it in a bag, hey, we'll hold, the, we'll we'll count the ballots for you. Don't worry about it. Just turn it in, right? So at that point, they're handing the custody over to these individuals, and you know whether there's any transparency on how those things got tabulated. You know, I, I would assume that there was probably very little transparency. Well, the, I'll just share how old the evil is. When um, Obama was running for president in the, his first election, there were precincts in. Philadelphia, where they were getting counts of 100% for Obama, zero for anybody else. And the thing that was most revealing is that in these precincts, you know, there's a population, husband, you know, men, women, and children. There was more votes for Obama than there was a population of men, women, and children. Wow. So, you know, if they had a precinct with like 900 people, he would win with 1,008 votes. Um. And that was men, women, and children. So this corruption in the electoral process has been going on for years. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, Chicago is well known for the corruption. Philadelphia is just terrible 
as far as, and Baltimore is another area. But when you look at these areas included in the states, who is, who's running it? The Democrats. That's right. Yeah. So um, it's ba- one-sided. The corruption is one-sided. So when it comes down to the ballot harvesting, our goal is to to uh, to have relationships with every county, basically, and try to work uh, without giving away um, my strategy. Campaign yeah, no. secrets here. Well, yeah, we're no, no, Peter, tell the story them. about what down south, right? There's a couple of larger churches, Godspeak Calvary, and what was the other one? Southern California that did have a very uh, broad-based ballot harvesting system in their churches with the congregation. And they made a difference in a couple of the key races down in their area. And it was the, you know, the faith community down there took it upon themselves to get the ballots out of these very, you know, large churches that Mm -hmm. have huge connections and lots of people in a, you know, a demographic that, as I said last hour, doesn't vote. It boggles my mind that yeah. the you know the Christian community and faith communities um, have very low voter turnout. So that was one area where harvesting made an enormous difference. And it was Michelle Steele's district. It was Kevin Garcia, Mike Garcia, or Mike Garcia. Yes. I don't know why I keep saying that. as well as some local races, down ballot races there mm-hmm. in the in mm-hmm. that area. And so that's a model. And the pastors there, right? Um, Rob McCoy, McCoy. Mm -hmm. and there's one or two other ones that are helping to spread, you know, their system and educate everyone else on on how they did it and how it was successful. So that's something that has to happen, not only in District 18, but all up and down the state. Yeah, yeah, we got it. And it's a model. It's a provable model. Mm, well. so, so that's the goal. Yeah, we're going to be we're going to be working with folks to try to harvest these ballots. Obviously, early voting is going to be a key component. Yeah. Um, we need to we need to run up the tally early, right? Or, or have basically this this legitimate process run um, in a way that that yeah we're we're making sure people are turning out to vote, right? We're encouraging them to vote, um, and and yeah, getting the numbers that we need early on in the uh, once the ballots start getting counted. In election season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So one of the rumors that was going around in the last election, and this I heard through a law firm actually, that. Um, People who have come across the border, not necessarily with the right papers, are being told that that they have to vote or that they will be exported. Have you heard that rumor? Um, not sure. No, I haven't heard mm-hmm. it. I thought it was very interesting. Exported. Well, well, I'm just giving it nice <laughs> words. Um, I, I, nobody puts it past it. you know the laws in California. And when we spoke with this, sorry, to, the Election Integrity Project California gal Linda Payne, mm-hmm, X right. number of episodes ago here on Business Sense Radio. Um, I mean, there are organizations that have been hard at work to identify a all the weaknesses in the laws, and over time, over the last two decades, how the laws have been specially crafted to weaken electoral integrity that's Mm -hmm. demonstrable and chartable. Mm -hmm. And then furthermore, you know, how that's being exploited. And I, you know, we need it. It's, it's a team effort. And so, you know, Peter can't do everything. There's certain things that Peter and his team are going to be able to do to, you know, better his vote, the turnout and the votes for him. But there's people on the broader scale, right. That are fighting in courts to change the change, change it so that, 
people like Peter have a chance at yeah. a fair and free election. You mean the yeah. people have a chance? Well, and yes. I mean, I, the most frustrating thing I think is that people don't realize how much power they actually have. They have a lot of power. I mean, you can literally build a strong momentum to push your local electeds to do what you want, irregardless of whatever the state says, right? Yes, there will be a challenge, but a lot of these things are intentional. The courts become the conduit for the battle to happen publicly. There's a reason why um, Carrie Lake's opponent did not want these things to go to court mm -hmm. because then it becomes a public spectacle. Then there has to be a whole lot of fog, right? And smoke and mirrors basically trying to confuse the public on the potential reasonings for this information yep. that reveals a lot of bad stuff happening. So it's the reality that, let's put it this way, a big part of my tenure, I, I would say, as, as a supervisor was literally trying to flex my constitutional muscle to try to find out what would be the recourse, right? It's kind of like a stress test. Like, let's stress test this process. I mean, when I brought forward an informed consent res resolution, it was like, you know, I was told that, that couldn't happen by my administrator, by my other supervisors, um, you know, publicly. And I was also told by, by you know, the attorneys, right, staff, no, you can't do it. Um, and I'm like, well, let's bring it forward and see what happens, right? Because the reality is, is yes, there is going to be some, someone's always going to push back, but you never really know. And the, the, the more profound element, I think it's, which is the important reason why you should elect someone that, that, uh, is not willing to just go with the grain is you learn a lot about what constitutional authority really looks like when you stress test the process. Outside of that, when you just are rank and file, you vote the same way, you don't challenge the process, you stay quiet, you, you basically, you, you dumb down society, right? You don't allow that conversation to, to bubble up to the top to create a dialogue so that you can actually find out what is the constitutional solution. Because a lot of these, it's funny because the founders were very profound in the way that they established the constitution. They made it so the intention of it was to allow the people to solve their own problems and to make sure that there was transparency and, and ultimately a, a process. But it required an engagement from them to stress test the process. And that's why these things need to happen, right? What Shasta did was excellent because it started the conversation. It got the public to think, hey, wait, can they just eliminate machines? Mm -hmm. You will, at least through administration, they will not say it publicly, but they'll whisper, yeah, you actually do have the authority. Why? Well, con Article 1 says we have the power of the purse, the legislative branch. The Board of Supervisors is the local legislature. We have that authority. No one will know that until you challenge it. I challenged the public health officer with the mandates and the lockdowns. I did it not because I wanted to fire the guy, although I did tell him, look, if you don't want to work with us, yes, I will push to fire you. But my goal was for him to tell us more than he wasn't telling us, mm -hmm. right? Everything that we heard was nothing but just this very superficial media talking points that you were hearing all across the country. I was like, I've heard all that. It's kind of weird, doctor, that you're telling me that my immune system only exists in collaboration with the vaccine. Outside of that, there was no historical precedent for my immunity to, to self-repair. Like, anyways, so those are the kind of things that I was saying. And sure enough, he's like, and my supervisor's looking at me kind of sideways, like, oh, I can't believe, why are you asking him that? You're not a doctor, Peter. I don't care, but that doesn't mean I'm dumb. So <laughs> the reality is, is, you know, the constitution re sets that expectation. It mm -hmm. literally, there's plenty of precedent. People don't realize you can, you can literally, I mean, the, as a simple example, Article 3 talks about ju the judicial branch. It says you can get rid of a, just, a justice for bad behavior. 
just because of bad behavior. You can define what bad behavior means. Why? Because it gives a check to the Article 1, to the legislative, uh, and cause, causes a, at least a constitutional opportunity to, to uh, question someone, question the justice on their thinking, right? Why why do you think a man is not a woman or a woman's not a man, right? On, on you know, what was happening with, with uh, attorney, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, justice, uh, I forgot, the, the, the latest affirmative action individual that mm -hmm. became a justice because of it. Sotomayor or whatever her name is. No, it wasn't no, Sotomayor. No. Jackson. Jackson. Oh, Jackson. The most recent yeah. one. So anyways, it gets to All the, of the Biden administration checks yeah. and boxes. The, but it gets to the, the one that's an idiot and can't count. Yeah. You knows. mean all of them? Well, she, she can't tell who what a woman is, right? I'm not a, she said right. I'm not a Right, she was asked, uh, now I know what Peter's talking about. She mm -hmm. was specifically asked during her confirmation hearings, ja Sheila, Jack, no, not Sheila Jackson, Ja mm. Katanji, Katanji, Jackson. Katanji Brown Thank Jackson. You. Oh my gosh. That's what it, that's what it is. We know okay. her. Yeah. Right. And she was asked under oath, what is a woman? I can't define that. Okay. So who's stupid? Are they, her for saying <laughs> that or the people that voted this letter become the Supreme yeah. Court? I think the both parties are guilty of this charade that's 100%. going on in our government and under the Biden administration is an absolute joke. But we're not going to get anywhere with the same people that we keep reelecting in California or any other state. I think this is a really good point, Ed. Um, I've used, you know, so I'm a I'm a proud Republican, but I'm I'm more and more saying I'm a Republican because of my values, not because of the party. Mm -hmm. The party didn't make me. You know, if you think about the profoundness of the Constitution, it was the states that made the federal government. The federal government didn't make the states. Right. Me as one individual citizen, I make the collective or the group, you know, not to define groups, not that I care about defining groups, but I make the body of representation in my community that makes the local county and makes ultimately the representation of the board of supervisors and the city councils. My point is, is there has to be a stronger mindset that says it's all about making sure that you're representing the values that represent your district and you're making sure that you're in, in, you're engaging with the the will of the majority, right? Mm -hmm. um, that's not happening. Why? Because everything that's happening right now is very top down, and that's happening through the party structure. The party structure is very top down. If oh, you, terrible! If you're not rank yeah. and file, you you know you're you're not part of the group. I'm not gonna. I mean, what happened with this the whole uh, funding debacle, right? The four four trillion dollar spending spree, um, and the latest budget bill. It was literally nothing but a pork bill because it said, hey. We need all you guys to sign up. And by the way, if you don't sign this thing, we're not going to give you money for your district when you go back to your state. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden now it's like, well, I got to sign for this because otherwise money's not going to come to my state. You even had strong conservative Republicans that were like voting for this thing. I mean, it was a disaster, I think, because no longer are we standing on principle. We're no longer standing on values. I mean, it's the foundation that was laid that we're no longer depending on. Now we're thinking that somehow we can tear down the foundation and build upon a new one. Last I checked, that's creating chaos right now. Mm -hmm. Well, what's coming out of Washington, D.C. has been garbage ever since the Obamacare. And, you know, the Pelosi's of the world saying, vote for it and read it later, is exactly how they are getting bad laws that's passed. Right. And then the other thing, you know, when you look at ballot measures in California, you know, the title and the name of the ballot measure that people are voting for sounds good, but the intent of the measure yeah. is completely opposite of what the intention That's was. Right. And then who sponsors it? Like That's Prop right. 19 that happened in California is killing people's 
uh, retirement and they're passing on generational houses right because you know that was passing on property tax savings and now people's and farmers uh, terribly family farms all of those things are collapsing and it was the the realtors in the state of California that actually promoted that ballot measure all for their benefit because they knew it would force farms and homes to be sold because the people receiving it couldn't afford the tax bite and the the corruption just continues my point that i said that peter and, and i agree on we can't change this by having the same people in office that's right and so we need every district in the state of california to lose the incumbent whether they're republican or democrat because rhinos republican in name only and democrats which are communists in in real life are destroying our country and you know kimberly was talking about mothers actually having a one generational impact by educating their children raising up patriots raising up home. patriots what we have to do in this election which is less than a year away in terms of the actual battle mm -hmm. uh, what we have to do is we have to wake up all americans whether you're white hispanic black asian you have to right. recognize this is your only chance if 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 we get through the 24 election with the same corruption in power america's lost that's right yeah. totally lost yeah, in my the, opinion the, yeah the hammer will finally oh, it, the death row i mean the, it's it's a lid on i agree well it, you'd think it'd be easy and i'm i've been dying to bring this article up okay the see this is out of fox news you, okay my point is is how can anyone take any of this with a straight face they are daring us and i said last hour it's they're not being subversive anymore they're glorifying in in the destruction of our nation CDC gives guidance. This is the headline, Fox News. CDC gives guidance for trans people, quote, chest feeding kids. Um, and if you look more in the article, it actually talks about people are uh, uh, objecting to this CDC chest feeding guidance for the trans and non-binary people uh, because the CDC is advising that there are hormones such people can take to produce breast milk if you weren't necessarily the type of person biologically that could produce breast milk you were born a man <laughs> call it like it is right and you want to you want to chest feed because some you got a you obtained a baby somewhere anyways the tangled disgusting webs and the then the the out in the public way that the cdc is like oh of course anyone can chest feed it's perfectly normal nothing to see here it's this sinister sickness that, it, it, that, like I said, and you mentioned, Edward, the White House is all too happy to glorify. Pride Month mm -hmm. was just nuts. Because they're evil. Exactly. So Divide and conquer. It really is. A, I know we kept saying this, and we said this last time around, like, it's a tipping point. It's a tipping point. How much more can we all take? Yeah. I, I don't know. And that brings it back to specifically local what do we do in our area i've been thinking about so salinas valley let's talk about salinas valley because that was a very important and still is part of um peter's supporter base the ag industry the farmers that feed america it, the impact of the salinas valley is so vast in terms of the industry and the ag and um it, it's 
there were so many people that we met on the campaign trail um, that really do have a vested interest in someone going to Washington to represent their industry, their interests and not kill their industry, which Zoe Lofgren, I might add, has a voting record of voting to take away um, the ability for farmers to grow food and feed the United States. You want to talk a little bit about that, Peter? Yeah, that's the, we had some interesting experiences. Oh, and don't forget the 3,000 farms that have been taken away from the people in the Netherlands. In the Netherlands. That's right. Yeah. That's the premise and of it. It's that's coming. trying to reduce um, carbon. Uh, um, it's, it's one of the elements, nitrogen, I'm sorry. Um, one of the elements that are required for fertilizers to actually mm -hmm. work is uh, nitrogen and uh, According to the you know environmental lobby and and folks like Zolofkin say that nitrogen is destructive to the environment. Um, you know it's it's I'm not a, a chemist myself, but I know that nitrogen is natural. It's it's in the environment um, and it's actually plants like yeah it. plants like it. So uh, you know like it's, it's what makes things green, <laughs> right? Um, so so anyways, but to the point is is this Farm Worker Modernization Act. Um, reduces, sets the expectation for nitrogen reduction and everything's becoming a welfare process. Every, all these bills, it's like, it always kind of gives a, 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 like, here's a, here's a little give back. We'll give you some money. You do this, right? So there's some kind of an, a, a supposed exchange. Um, but, but the reality is, is it has nothing to do with the intentions of preserving farmland. Actually, it's reducing farmland because it's making everything more expensive. You know, in the inland valley, they're following land because of this. Mm -hmm. And that farm worker modernization act also, um, gives uh, amnesty to to illegals in our country, and ultimately, and it, and here's the thing: my family came illegally. We became my family became citizens. They love this country. It's not anti or pro, you know, in that sense. Yeah, person. It's all about um, restoring respect for what it means to be a citizen. Right when you're Nate, when you're a citizen, you understand the nation. You understand the rules. You understand. How to make sure that you don't, we don't, you know, it's, it's anti to a certain extent what happened in Europe with the tribal system where everybody's in their own little world. Holy cow, we ran out of time. Peter, thank you very much for uh, attending our little chit chat. And to we're going to have to follow yeah. up on this again. So thank you, Peter Hernandez. Of course, you need to go clock. to your website and I don't know, you talk too much. <laughs> All right. And it was that's a good conversation. Check us out next week. And uh, Peter, thank you very much. Thank you, Ed and Kristen. All right. And thank you, Edward King and Kristen Hurley, for another great show. You've been listening to Issues That Matter. You can contact Edward and Kristen through our website, which is bcrradio.com. Be sure to join us again next week at the same time on this station for another edition of Issues That Matter with Edward King and Kristen Hurley. The preceding was a paid commercial program, and the views expressed are those of the speaker and do not reflect the views or opinions of iHeartRadio, its staff, or management.